over the summer, I celebrated 15 years of pastoral ministry in the local church. And if that mile marker wasn't enough to make me stop and reflect about my journey, I turned the big 4-0 in January. And uh, thanks to our special guest this morning, I feel like a young puppy. So thank you. What you guys, the three of you shared was, was just amazing. As I look back over the landscape of the last 15 years of ministry, something really interesting stood out to me. Both my highest of highs and lowest of lows had the same exact thing in common. Volunteers. And more specifically, volunteer teams of people that I was doing my best to lead. There was the high moment of being at a college ministry retreat with 300 students. And as I surveyed the audience, I was only able to find three of them that weren't actively giving themselves away meaningfully to strengthen and support the local church that we were part of. Just blew me away. And then there was the lowest of lows. When this team of volunteers that I was working with formed two factions, or probably better said, two armies, and did everything they could to usher in a second civil war in our country. I mean, all the, the things as pastors that we love to deal with, gossip, backbiting, accusations, attempted murder. Um, it was horrible. It's not overstating it um, th that I barely made it out of that one. You know, I think in the local church these days, there's this temptation to think about our volunteers largely in terms of survival. There's so much pressure on us. A lot of it's self-imposed. Sometimes the leadership culture we're a part of, there's this pressure. Sundays come around, right, with alarming regularity. And the pressure that we feel gets transferred down to our volunteers. But we know to think of them ter in terms of just their function we know that that's not right. That not only are we supposed to steward the, their function, their expression, we're also supposed to steward their formation. That we're a part of the development inside of them. That we're to nurture the, them and come alongside of our volunteers just like we would a family that comes to us in crisis. All too familiar scripture in Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. For what purpose? To equip his people for the works of ministry. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When it comes to our volunteers, we must think like scientists and artists. We think like scientists because this pathway that we create for them to come and, and actually be credentialed as official volunteers is super important. It matters. But if we stop there, we've missed it. We must think in terms of artists. In other words, what culture are we creating for our volunteers to live in, to exist in? This is vitally 
important. And oddly enough, Google highlighted this so clearly to me. They did a a study a couple years ago that absolutely fascinated me. They tasked their top minds to take a look at their some odd 400 different teams that run Google. And they said, please find out one thing for us. What makes some of these teams excel and just crush it, knock it out of the park, and what makes other teams underperform? And these brilliant minds within Google began to make assumptions about what they would find. Some thought that they would find that it was largely about who made up the team. You know, of course, the, the teams with, with the, the, the rock stars up at, that were in that team, those were the teams that would just do it. Some thought, you know what, I bet it's the efficiency tools that are going to make the difference in these teams. Both assumptions were wrong. It was how they did team that made all the difference. It didn't matter if it was a team of average performers. If the team had certain cultural norms, that team would thrive. And in spe- specifically, there were two cultural norms that were a part of every team that thrived. And I think this is vitally important when it comes to the volunteer teams in our church. The first cultural team norm was that team members felt heard. And isn't it interesting that Google had to task their top minds and give them several years to research to discover a truth that we've known all along in the Bible. The body metaphor that Paul gives us, every single part of the body of Christ, every single person in the body of Christ needs to have a voice. God designed them to contribute. And when they begin to feel heard by us, something inside of them comes alive. So one of the questions for me as I've been pondering this is, I wonder what people would say, the volunteers of our church, the people that I work with directly, if I said, do you feel listened to by the staff and leaders of our church? Or if you're, a, if you're a senior leader, executive leader of church, maybe you risk and ask that of your staff. One of the most brilliant moments for it, that I've witnessed in Brady's leadership, and there are many, is when he just took a whole meeting and just said, let's just, I just want to hear from you. And we did all these different exercises, and people got to ideate about this place. And it was beautiful. Some of the things that we're doing now resulted from, from people giving voice. Simon Sinek Uh, A very popular author said said this, when someone feels heard, they feel safe. And that's actually the second team norm that made the difference, right? Team members felt hurt, and second, team members felt safe. One of the researchers that helped Google flesh this out, what does safety mean? Uh, narrowed it a bit further and said it's really about psychological safety. Her name is Amy Edmondson, and she wrote this. Psychological safety is a shared belief held by the members of a team that the group is a safe place for taking risks. It's a sense of confidence that the team will not embarrass, reject, or punish someone for speaking up. It describes a team climate characterized by interpersonal trust and mutual respect in which people are comfortable being themselves. 
safety. You know, as Google kind of stepped back away from the research and looked at it again, they said, it, they said that, that it was interesting to them that sometimes the teams that appeared way less professional and together that made space in their time to just simply be human, those were the ones that were achieving it. And so again, we ask ourselves, are we stewards of our volunteers' function? Or are we also concerned with their formation? And in that concern about their formation, we listen to them. We create a place of safety. And I think the turtle illustrates this perfectly. Is your volunteer culture illustrated by picture number one? This turtle's like, okay, this represents a volunteer in our church, and, and, and they do not feel safe. They're there, they've showed up, but they are tucked in. They're like, okay, can I do this? Or when a turtle feels safe, it looks a little bit more like this. Now, I grew up in West Texas, and oddly enough, there are turtles in West Texas. And when a turtle gets in that mode, it can actually run and cover ground. We always think of turtles being slow. Turtles can actually move a lot of ground. And I would argue that when we create an environment like Jesus did with his disciples, when he draws them out, makes them feel that they can trust him, that the people in our church take on this posture and they say, where are we going now? What has God called us to next? Google, turtles, and ecclesiology. It all comes together. Thank you.